When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the main event, Mark's Podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad. I am Troy, and joining me today is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia. He's the Batista to my Teddy Long. It's Greg, playa. What's up, Greg? Hey. (laughs) You don't like that one? I didn't know what to say, honestly. I couldn't think of something snappy. <laughs> Give me what I want! <laughs> oh, man, that's so played out, man. I know. Did you hear why him talk about why he even did that? He said oh. he forgot his lines. Wow. The actor. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, he said, because he said he had something worked out with Triple H, and both of them were waiting on a cue from the other one, and neither one of them could remember the cue. <laughs> So uh, they just started like improvising back and forth and it just got to like, they were shouting at each other. And then Batista was just like, give me what I want. So he's like, whatever you want. Yeah. Right. Hey, whatever. It worked. It's, uh, you know, either you want to call it famous or infamous, whatever. It's uh, everybody knows it now. Either way, man. It's definitely uh, (laughs) right. Uh, We are talking about a show he was on, but he was not, a main focus i mean he was a part of a you know a match that i completely forgot about but then i'm like oh yeah this did have some play up to it uh we were talking about wrestlemania 24 which i'm gonna be honest with you it, it not you know before getting into you know ratings of the what we think of the whole show whatever i liked it overall i thought it was a damn good rewatch but it's not one of them that pops in my head when I think of, oh, man, that WrestleMania was awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, I it yeah. I like it for emotional, sentimental reasons. But Oh, yeah, of course. And obviously there's one single match on this card that 
gets all the play, you know, for obvious reasons. But there are some pretty good matches on this card overall. I mean, there was only like two matches on this whole card. Well, I'll say one match and a, I will call the other one a match that weren't really good. The rest of them, I thought overall this had some good stuff. I thought this was one of the better celebrity matches featured on a WrestleMania. Until recently, it, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, but before this, uh, when I'm thinking of like celebrity matches, uh, there was the LT match with Bam Bam. And we'll talk more about that when we get to the match with Floyd Mayweather. But yeah, I, I'm excited to talk about this one. Uh, you know, there's actually a lot of news to get into. Some of it is <laughs> hilarious, especially the stuff surrounding TNA. But first, we're going to take this quick break to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Fanatics. Get all of your officially licensed sports gear with Fanatics at fanatics.com. The link is down in the podcast description. When you go to check out, just let them know that the main event marks and burns sent you. We are also sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They're clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. So go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our special promo code Main Event Marks, all one word, for 15% off your order. That is Main Event Marks, all one word, 15% off your order at swiftlifestyles.com. Also, I do want to direct you to our link tree. It is linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. There you can get links to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as all the links to wherever you can hear the podcast and our YouTube channel, as well as our two, count them, two merchandise stores on Redbubble and Bonfire. That is if you go to linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. That is the easiest place to find everywhere that you can hear us, watch us, and communicate with us. Speaking of our YouTube, there is new content being posted on there almost every single day, and we are growing by leaps and bounds on YouTube. We are very proud of the work that we do there, uh, not only with our regular wrestling podcast stuff but every once in a while we'll cover current stuff here and there we do have more video elements coming and we also have marks on media as a whole playlist on there which includes some talk about uh, marks on tv marks on movies marks on games more coming with the marks on games now that both greg and i have wwe 2k22 so we're going to be doing more videos and more talks about that coming up uh so more content pal if you go to youtube.com forward slash c forward slash main event marks podcast that is youtube.com forward slash c forward slash main event marks podcast but now we're going to take our first break. On the other side, we're going to dive into all the news and notes from the spring of 2008, right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Get ready to rumble! 
in your new Main Event Marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Yeah, we're back. We're back. News and notes time here. ProWrestling.net is reporting that WWE Senior Vice President John Laurinaitis avoided speaking to most TNA wrestlers at the bar that everyone was hanging out at in Orlando. He was seen talking with Jeff Jarrett, but snubbed most TNA wrestlers except for one, Kevin Nash. The obvious speculation is that Laurinaitis tried to exchange pleasantries with Big Sexy due to political reasons. It's no secret that Nash is tight with Triple H and Shawn Michaels and has other friends in high places in WWE. I mean, or he could just like Kevin Nash. I who doesn't? I heard he's a nice dude. Like he's a pleasant guy to speak with, and he's charming as hell. Even people that hate him say he's charming. Hey, man, it's just business. Like everyone goes straight to the money thing. Yeah. Oh well. Don't sit here and be on some high horse. We all have. We all protect our money. Can't get mad for that. If you take that out, then he's cool too, right? I mean, if he's. If you don't say you're working for money, I don't care what you're doing. If you if you know, there are actors that love their job. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. seems to love being an actor and, you know, but you think he didn't try to get as much money as humanly possible out of Marvel? Like get real. <laughs> but yeah, this might be is, a bad uh, example. I think they were more than willing to give him whatever the hell he wanted to stay on. You might want to pick oh, another. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, uh, but I'm just saying it's like it, it, he, his his contract negotiations were, you know, I, I'm sure it wasn't like, uh, oh, well, I, I just love doing what I do. You know, you, you can pay me whatever you want, you know, <laughs> like a guy like that comes with a, a price tag and people can say whatever they want about Kevin Nash. But I mean, if he's there, people care about it. 
I mean, he he literally walked out to the ring and put up the two sweet sign at a GCW show and they went viral. So there you go. <laughs> his, his lines at places like WrestleCon are always like the longest. So there's that. Yeah. He's, you know, he's an effing star. Like no matter what anybody says. But I just like how this story instantly goes to, well, you know why Johnny Ace was uh you know, being nice to him is because, you know, he, he, he's friends with Triple H and Shawn Michaels. So, uh, you know, Lauren Ice is sucking up to him. Like, <laughs> wow. I mean, even see him so why not? Yeah. <laughs> Who gives a crap? I mean, oh I, man, I try not to think, you know, instantly go to that, but. Well, for <sighs> other thing, you know, sometimes you got to kiss ass in life. Okay. That's just the way it is. If you can't accept that, then you're probably failing. Sometimes you gotta kiss ass. Sometimes you gotta oil some pecs. Oil some quads. How you doing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Right. Uh, Everybody's story, kissing man. a little ass in life, and if you say you haven't, you're lying or you're broke. I don't want to hear right. it. Nothing wrong with it. Not judging. Can't judge if you yep. all do it. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I want to preface this next story by saying I did not get this stuff from Dave Meltzer. None of these oh, stories. God. That's a good lead I mean, in. <laughs> I mean, he is involved in some of these stories, but I didn't get this from the observer. Okay. I, I'm not saying that this is not second or third hand from the observer. I'm just saying I didn't personally get it from there. So just prefacing that. That generally means it came from there, but go ahead. Right. The WWE officials who are in charge of planning out the Floyd Mayweather versus Big Show match are not optimistic about how it will turn out. The no-holds-barred-anything-goes stipulation was decided upon at the last minute as a way of covering for Mayweather's inexperience in the ring, despite the fact that he's uh, he's training hard for the match. WWE is surprised with how slow Mayweather has been to pick up many of the basics of pro wrestling. To say WWE is nervous about the match would be an understatement. Triple H has been assigned the task of trying to save the match from being a disaster, he has been working closely with Mayweather and Big Show over the past few days, and the match will likely be heavily scripted. Yeah, I'm not buying any of that because he was damn good. Why would they be nervous about a damn pro boxer? The I only mean, two- he's one of the best ever. I hate saying that. I don't like him, but it'd be stupid to deny right. it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not buying it. Nervous the two about things- it. Well, Maybe the nervous two- that people are going to cheer him more than Big Show? Maybe? I, I don't know. He was heavily hated I don't even think at the time. So. Huh? He was heavily hated, so I don't know. Generally by wrestling fans, yeah, but a lot of boxing fans. Dude, he's got the biggest buy rates in boxing history, so oh, yeah, the people, people that hate him are more vocal than the people that like him, but he is loved, trust me. Um, I Yeah, I, I think it's one of those like uh, to be said about like, I mean, Ric Flair was hated back in the day, and people would be like, well, I'm going to buy this pay-per-view to see him lose, you know, and stuff like that. And he, so Tully Blanchard used to say, he's like, you know what? You, know, you boo me, you cheer me, you paid your money, didn't you? You want to see me get my ass kicked or kick some ass? Either way, thank you for coming. Yep. So, <laughs> the, well, the two things I believe about the story, the first one about the no holds barred stipulation being to kind of cover up his inexperience. I, I get totally that. Believe, I totally believe that too, but I don't believe they threw it on last minute. Yeah. I fully believe uh, that was going to be it all the way. Yeah. And, There's no way I think, this is going to just be a wrestling match. Not to spoil anything, but look at the ending. Come on. Yeah. 
Well, and, and you kind of make this somewhat realistic, man. I mean, I, I know Floyd was a great boxer and whatever, but I mean, seriously, when you put a guy, when, when you have that big of a size disparity, like, I mean, you got to get a little realistic with it at some point. There's a reason why they have weight classes. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. So, uh, and but, remember, yeah. in boxing, they're, they're more strict about their weight classes than any other. Well, I guess the only other one would be MMA at this point, but they're a lot more strict right. with their weight classes. Yeah. Like a lot more. Well, and the second thing I buy about this story is the end where it says Triple H has been uh, tasked with, you know, kind of scripting out the match or whatever. Because. Uh, I mean, shock. yeah, I mean, we can people would say whatever they want, but I mean, you and I had talked before. I don't know if we did it on the podcast or not, but it's they pointed out that he was the one that helped Sean and Razor plan out their ladder match at uh, uh, which SummerSlam was that? 95, 96, 95. Yeah. So he helped plan that out with them because uh, they they weren't allowed to hit each other with the ladder. So he helped them figure out ways to work with the ladder without actually hitting each other with the ladder. And, you know, so, and, and he's done a lot in NXT and everything else. And obviously his own matches. So I, I totally believe that that's like, I don't know why that's a thing that that's being said in this as if it's a bad thing. Oh, so bad. They had to go get two places to do it. Oh man. Oh, good grief. It's to me, it almost sounds like they feel bad for Triple H. Like, well, he's the one tasked with, you know, trying to dig this one out of the gutter. And it's like, I, I think, I'm thinking he'd be okay with it. I, I might know. even say he probably volunteered for it or asked for it. Yeah, yes. right. I mean, that's kind of what, I mean, agents do this stuff all the freaking time. And he did a lot of agent work back then. So, I mean, I don't know how it's much like he does being now. in one of the main events, by the way, which is kind of funny. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, there was a lot of talk. I, I didn't have the story in here, but there was a lot of talk about this um, actually leading up to WrestleMania about a lot of people were saying it's like, well, that triple threat is going to be the main event. It's going to close the show. It's going to be the main event. That's it. And nope, there was. I thought story. it was only because, you know, SmackDown still the scapegoat, except for now. Right. As we speak, SmackDown's the show. But I thought right. it was I thought it was a safe bet. Yeah. Well, in the end, well, and Cena won the Rumble. So you'd think, you yeah. know, he'd main event, but the, uh, I, I guess Plus it's Orton and triple H. I mean, it sells itself, dude. Like why was, why was why doesn't that close? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I, I mean, in retrospect, I'm kind of glad it didn't, but we'll oh, talk I'm about it. I'm going to say in retrospect, I am really glad even at the time I never wanted it yeah. to because obviously what we got was, I thought was better than the WWE title match. Again, not to spoil anything, but yeah. yeah, and we'll talk, and I'll uh, give my opinions when we actually get to the matches themselves. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple of reasons why, and there was a story post WrestleMania about you know why the switch was made, whatever. Because I guess that was the original plan, is to have that close a show, and then they what? supposedly, yeah, hashtag plans changed. <laughs> get the go get that shirt, people. Anyway, Red Bubble. Yes, it, uh, and. Or no, Bonfire. Our Bonfire, Bonfire store has it. Yes. I've got a couple stores. But here's another one here. I got, I got a, obviously, I got a lot of leading up to WrestleMania stories in Orlando and WWE and whatnot. 
But at a press conference, Ric Flair said that if he loses his match at WrestleMania, he will never wrestle again under any circumstances. Flair also added that he may be a manager at some point, but he would never wrestle. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Uh, Insert the impractical jokers meme where it's like, (laughs) say you'll never wrestle again. (laughs) You're right. Uh, yeah, it's so stupid. Uh, and I wish he never would have wrestled again. I mean, I like the for man those who period. saw so for those who saw it. I think you would agree with us. Yes, we wish right. he never wrestled again. Yeah, like every even like TNA fans and Ric Flair fans, like every single person I've ever seen was like, "Dude, leave what what happened to leave the memories alone, Rick?" Like, damn, oh, man, that sucked. Yeah. I just I hate it. When- some of these guys try to hold on to former glory, especially when they have such a legacy. I think about yeah. him, Anderson Silva, you know, just people like that. I'm like, just stop, dude. You literally proven you're the best. Yeah, well, what you got really me, have nothing left to prove. Well, what got what got me on top of that was uh if you listen to any podcasts, uh if you listen to any podcasts about um you know, where people were talking about Ric Flair making his comeback in WWE, uh, WWE, Bruce Pritchard talked about, he said they like had to damn near drag him kicking and screaming back into the ring. Cause he said he, he didn't think he had it anymore. He didn't want to wrestle again. He didn't want to embarrass himself, yada, yada, yada. And then he, and he was great in WWE until he retired. And then he does go and embarrass himself in TNA. He did save for money, though, to be fair, but yeah. Well, I liked him in the J.J. Dillon role with Fortune, but then he had to freaking wrestle, and I'm like, ah, dude, I, it really? And either way, uh, I got a couple of newspaper stories. One particular, I guess, I don't live in Orlando, but I'm going to assume this is the big paper they got in the area. A story in the Orlando Sentinel notes that Orlando is already gearing up to bring WrestleMania back in 2011 or 2012. Mayor Buddy Dyer told the newspaper that 2016 or 17. Whatever. Mm. (laughs) Wait, was was this the last one until this was 24 and then 33? Yeah, I thought they had another one before uh, before that. 28 was in Miami. Oh, okay. Yeah, might be what I'm thinking of then. Anyway, uh, Mayor Buddy Dyer told the newspaper that he'd like to bring the event back every two to four years. Uh, I mean, that seems to be the uh, the plan. So I, they always do. WrestleMania forty is wide open. Well, yeah, because you're guaranteed no rain. Well, I guess last year they got rain, but almost yeah. guaranteed good weather. That was literally the first time in WrestleMania history they had like a they had a rain delay or any kind of weather delay it was nuts uh but the orlando sentinel also has an article up discussing nipplegate in orlando how is that this is the fact that all visible nipples had to be airbrushed out of wrestlemania billboards across the city mayor buddy dyer said quote apparently there's an ordinance that prohibits them from being displayed it does seem a bit overboard (laughs) end quote sorry does that include males uh yes yeah, well, that that's what they were talking about because there's a bunch of shirtless dudes, you know, on the posters. They had to airbrush their nipples off. Well, that's just that's just a Friday night for me. So what the hell? <laughs> right. So could they not 
uh, have public showings of uh, Batman and Robin down there, or like what? Wow, you know, bat nipples. He brought that up. <laughs> hey, who doesn't fondly remember the bat nipples, man? Me. <laughs> Even the toys, maybe, by the way. Maybe you, maybe you find a better word than fondly. <laughs> yeah, uh, just like. It, <laughs> I had toys from those movies because I was, you know, I was a kid when they came out. And even the freaking toys had the nipples on them. I'm like, why? It's it's that a was Joel Schumacher, dude. He thought it was cool. I'm, nope. <laughs> yeah, this is the same idiot that was like when he started doing the movies. He's like, why does everything have to be so dark? <sighs> yeah, you know, heaven forbid Batman be dark. Yeah, well, that's what Michael Keaton said. That's when he quit. <laughs> Because he was like, when he asked, why does everything have to be so dark in this Batman movie? I was like, yeah, I'm not sticking around. <laughs> I'll say this, Batman Forever is tolerable, but man, Brandon took a huge nosedive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, at least he wasn't pulling out his Bat credit card. Never leave the cave without it. <sighs> See, now uh, you got pissed. having a good time recording today. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh <laughs> Uh, Christopher Nolan picked it up. It's okay. It, it got better. Yeah, uh, it sticking... took a long time, man. But yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, sticking with the newspaper stories, the Orlando Sentinel had an uh, article on the family history of the McMahons. Vince declined to be interviewed for the story, so Linda spoke for the on the family's behalf. Other individuals interviewed for the story include WWE Hall of Famer Jimmy Hart and Wrestling Observer Newsletter's Dave Meltzer. You you know where this is going. Nowhere good. Uh, quote, God, he's such I a think, piece of crap. Yep. He said, quote, I think he's very, very self-centered and very paranoid. Meltzer said, quote, he thinks the whole world is out to get him. I don't think he really understands a lot of aspects of living in the real world. He literally lives in the world he created. It's a fictional world, but it's real to him. End quote. Pot meat kettle. <laughs> Is he talking about Vince McMahon or himself? Yeah, I know. Like, holy fictional crap. world, the fictional world, the, the stuff he writes daily. I know it's like you want to talk about somebody living in their own bullcrap and being paranoid that everybody's out to get them like, holy God. But you respond to Twitter trolls with two followers and you have to make a whole diatribe towards them about how you're right and they're wrong. Like, actually, he's such an effing more like I usually don't get heated about Dave Meltzer stuff, but my God, he's such a a turd. Starting to see why Eric Bischoff gets so worked up. You ever see that <laughs> that that South Park with uh uh the guy the Facebook guy? I can't think of it. Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Where everybody everybody is like, he's he's such a penis. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can that's all I can think of with Dave Meltzer. It's like, oh Dave Meltzer's here. He's just he's such a penis. <sighs> well, getting off that though. You know he knows it all and you know, he's the expert on women's bodies. Oh, God, yeah. Well, men's bodies, too, you know, because if, if they're a little too bulky, you know, or he'll he'll either talk about how they're they're out of shape or, uh, well, they're clearly on steroids. You know, because nobody can just, you know, work really hard and achieve that, right? You know what's funny, too? Like, you know, all the crap 
we talked about that man. You always said he's really well built. I didn't want to yeah. pay him that compliment anymore. Yeah, well, yeah, he's really well built. It's like, okay, so are you on roids? Didn't uh, didn't Bischoff kind of insinuate that? He's like, I don't know yeah. what he puts in his body to make yeah. himself look like that. <laughs> yep. Good grief. He wasn't going to use roids when plans changed. <laughs> wow. Uh, WrestleMania 24 holds the record for the biggest gate for a wrestling event in North America, bringing in $5.7 million in ticket sales. The only wrestling shows in history to earn more from tickets were two New Japan Pro Wrestling shows at the Tokyo Dome in the 90s. Yeah, I'm sure they're really worried about Mayweather at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm sure, uh, like I said, I didn't get this from the observer, but I'm sure, you know, Dave, Meltzer we know we're tooting that horn. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm sure Dave Meltzer was ringing that bell. Well, it, WWE still didn't outdraw the Tokyo dome. <laughs> oh God. Well, Here's a speculative story. I don't know where it came from, but it seems I interesting. Point out, by the way, that more people will flock to WrestleMania than will to the Tokyo dome. It's mostly Japanese yeah. people. So there's something to be said right. for that, Dave. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's something a little impressive to say about that, because it's like the I mean, Japan's an island for anybody that, you know, doesn't freaking pay attention. But Japan's an island. uh, You don't know geology. Yeah, right. But it's like so everybody from the island flocks to that one venue in Tokyo for that for that show. So I I mean, that's kind of cool. Definitely not putting uh, it down. I'm just saying, you know. You get more outsiders right. at the uh, the evil Vince show, right? Yeah, I mean, because uh, there was something I was reading where people were saying it's like more than half of the people at this show are not going to be from the city. So right. uh, that's just kind of the way it goes. Uh, but yeah, I this story is just be successful and shut the hell up and just like his favorite. <laughs> I, I will. <sighs> will well, actually, I was told by uh, uh, by somebody at the front gate who had a clicker with them while they were mopping the floors. <laughs> he would, and he would take that like word for word too. That's the sad part. Yep, I know. Well, uh, an inside source told me this is a speculative story, but it sounds interesting, so I added it. So I don't know. Uh, a while ago, WWE had a storyline idea where Gary Hart, who passed away just last week, would form a heel stable called Black Friday Management with Umaga as the main star. The stable would have a criminal vibe. That would have been great. And, right? Uh, the stable would have had a criminal vibe as Hart would be dressed with a mob-style business suit. Also, the plan was for him to be independent of WWE on television and he'd be presented as a recruiter of international talent for the company. They also wanted him to be accompanied by an Asian girl based on the Catholic schoolgirl assassin character in the movie Kill Bill. Uh, I never watched the movie, so I don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) I haven't either, but I'm just going to assume that's what Sir Ray is now. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, that, That... all sounds awesome, and it sticks with kind of what Gary Hart did is most of his career. He mostly did the uh, like because he was with uh, he was with Muda, he was with Kabuki, uh, Abdullah the Butcher. I mean, like a bunch of international talent that you know didn't speak English. So that tracks. 
That'd been a cool spin. And he'd been off TV for so long in 2008. I mean, that would have been a new, a brand new introduction for him. It totally went like, up, but then I'm like, a lot of people have been like, "Who's this?" So, like, is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, mean, I would have. It would have been like a brand new character. Yeah. Like um, when uh, Paul Ellering popped back up with uh, the Authors of Pain, a lot of people never saw him that were currently watching WWE. That was kind of cool. Say the same thing for WrestleMania 8. Many people didn't see him. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Vince McMahon made a speech earlier in the week that nobody was to be seen with TNA talent. Robbie of the Highlanders was sent home. Uh, it can be assumed that this is his punishment for being at a live TNA broadcast. <laughs> yep. Look, that was... That was one thing I always thought was like effing dirty as hell of TNA. I mean, yeah, it was stupid of Robbie to show up at the show. But then TNA like goes out of their way to show him on camera. They even said his name and from WWE. I know they had a Chiron and everything for him. And, and he had a look on his face like, oh, crap. Like, well, was, then again, on the other side of the coin, you went. <laughs> yeah. It, like I said, it was, you know, that was stupid on his part for even going. But on the flip side. Like, what did TNA hope to gain out of that? It's not even like a, a big star. Like, if, if Batista was in the crowd. About? I'm not even going to joke. <laughs> but it's like, if you had, like, Batista or John Cena in the crowd, all right, fine. But oh, you got one of the Highlanders. Cool. The guy who literally only shouts, I'm Robbie. Oh, God. I just thought that was so stupid. But either way. <laughs> Uh, Rey Mysterio has completed three surgeries on his torn bicep thus far. He's telling friends that two additional surgeries are required because he got an infection during the first procedure. Yikes. Yikes. Well, you know, Greg, Rey Mysterio's only been hurt, you know, like two times. So <laughs> Two times right here. <laughs> right. Like, man, he had to have, like... That's funny, he started the, the whole... Mayweather Big Show thing too. So it was recently on TV. Yeah. Well, the thing with uh, this, it's like you got to think. He by the time this is all said and done, he he would go through five surgeries for one injury. That freaking sucks, dude. No, I only been wrestling like at this point, what two decades, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Because he started. When did they say he started wrestling? When he was like fourteen or fifteen, some crap like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Freaking nuts. Uh, Jeff Hardy's home that burned down was not actually a house, but a triple wide trailer. Not a double uh, wide. Huh? He's got more than Heath. Yeah, right. Like, first of all, I remember that this thing, or was this a different time? Because I know his house burnt down at one Gee, point. I don't know died. because I know the whole, yeah, I know the whole premise of his and Matt's match at WrestleMania 25 the next year was that. Yeah. So, so is this a, just twice? Yeah, right. And my other Man, thing sucks. is, well, the other thing is like, I mean, I don't know a lot about trailers, but I didn't know there was such a thing as a triple wide. I didn't either. I honestly thought yeah. double wide was made up. I, I, I knew double wide. Uh, it just means, you know, you got a bigger trailer, but it just, I don't know. I was like uh, living high on the hog, aren't you? With with your old triple Y trailer. 
whatever, man. Above ground pool, man, all of it. Oh, hell oh. yeah. Like, Part well, of me kind of hopes it was this time because it happened twice, man. That hella sucks. I know. It's like, man, you, I, can you just stay away from any kind of open flames? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. well, you, you know, you can't have the above ground pool, man, because, you know, you spend all your money on the triple wide trailers. So, right. you know, you got. So uh, you, you just got to get one of them blow up ones from Walmart. Uh, TNA has a my God, I, I forgot this was the first TNA story I have. Uh, get ready for this. This is yeah, this doesn't make them look Bush League at all. Uh, TNA has a truck going around Orlando telling people to watch TNA Impact Thursday nights on Spike TV. Oh, my God. What kind of truck? I uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm part of me is hoping it's like a panel van <laughs> and they're like, Hey kids, watch TNA impact. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> uh, furthermore, TNA has plans for the truck to be driven around the citrus bowl area later to, uh, later on Sunday as well. TNA also has a special area set up right next to WWE fan accesses center. Oh my God. That's pathetic. Yep. This is literally what indie feds, like local indie feds do. They show even, up outside and they hand out flyers. What's even more sad is this is in Orlando. You think like this would be their place where they don't need to advertise. Yeah. I, I assume they're trying to get like people from out of town to, you know, that are there for WrestleMania week or whatever. But like, good Lord. <laughs> <sighs> Well, maybe, they should, maybe they should get um get some of them banners or uh, billboards put up, you know, where they airbrush the nipples and all that. Why is maybe that the don't... second time you mentioned that? <laughs> this is just such a stupid story. <laughs> what city has an ordinance? Well, you, uh, we cannot see any any form of nipple on a on a poster or a banner or whatever. Uh, Saudi Arabia, maybe. <laughs> hey, I don't know. TNA Wrestling filed a complaint in the United States District Court of Texas seeking a declaratory order that Conan cannot pursue his complaint against the company. In his lawsuit filed against TNA, Conan is alleging negligence on the behalf of the company as well as racial discrimination in connection with the Conan gimmick. According to TNA's complaint, Conan agreed to accept responsibility for any injuries from wrestling with the company and agreed not to file any lawsuit for damages for uh, from working with the company good lord why is this a second company i like wasn't conan involved in the racial discrimination stuff in wcw2 i don't know i think he was so it's like why is that just what he does everywhere he goes he files racial discrimination lawsuits (laughs) i didn't know it was a thing amongst uh latinos Yeah, I and like I'm is, you and I, I'm, this, I'm just saying. I normally don't hear it from them. I usually it's like you know black folks, which well, is prevalent, unfortunately. But well, and you and I were talking about yeah, a lot of the stuff LAX did was kind of racist. But you know, we also talked about how Conan supposedly came up with a lot of that stuff. All right. So you can't blame the company for letting you do it. They're supposed to. Stop me from doing stupid stuff. <laughs> right. Uh, the I don't well, know. My if dad it's... was Mexican. He never had a problem. I don't. 
Well, and I, I don't know the stuff about the injuries. I, I really don't know what happened came about with that or, you know, what's true and what's not. Um, I do know that TNA, uh, a lot of people like got mad at TNA about, you know, cause they supposedly agreed to pay, uh, uh, Daphne's medical bills and they didn't. And, uh, supposedly they, they were kind of negligent with her and that's why she got such bad injuries while working there. So, I don't know. And I think Bruce Pritchard was kind of backing that up too, saying it was kind of effed up the situation they put her in, but I don't know. Uh, either way, speaking of well, what did Uncle Dave say? God, I'm, I'm sure he, uh, he hates know the- TNA. So he probably, you know, whatever anybody says is negative about TNA, he'll jump right on it. Well, I was there. Oh, I agree. Right. Uh, I was there across the country in San Jose. <laughs> Speaking of getting injured, though, Kurt Angle is now claiming that he has a summer date set up against former UFC champion Randy Couture for the Pro Submission League. Couture, however, is still under contract with UFC. I think he's about to come back, isn't he? I don't know. I don't remember when he finally gave it up. He finally gave up uh, in April 2010 against George St. Pierre, or uh, at the George St. Pierre fight against Michita. Okay. What the hell is Pro Submission League? Oh, just a grappling thing. Yeah. I've never heard of it before. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, this is a 100% true story, by the way. You and I. Oh, talked- man. That's uh, another great lead in. <laughs> We talked about this on the Destination X show, actually. Uh, during the Shark Boy and Curry Man versus Team 3D Fish I'm, Market I'm Brawl listening. match. I'm listening. Hell yeah. Is the Fish Market Brawl match again at Destination X 2008? God. Oh, uh, oh, 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 not that one. Flash 2007, movies. yeah. Right. Uh, a lady about 10 rows back was hit right in the face with a flying <laughs> with a flying frozen fish thrown by Brother Ray. Holy crap, you can't make that up. <laughs> nope. A security immediately attended, uh, attended oh, to her. They, they took her backstage and gave her ice. Oh, man. But, well, as if that isn't enough, there was another flying fish incident courtesy of Brother Ray. A production assistant was trying to clean off Mike Tanay and Don West's broadcast table when another flying fish, again thrown by Ray, hit her right in the back of the head and she smashed her face into the table. Oh Holy my gosh. <laughs> Why is this a thing? Twice. <laughs> like by the same dude. Oh, how funny it happened, blah blah blah. Twice. <laughs> Oh man! Oh my God! Two people were were smacked in the head by flying frozen fish by Brother Ray. It's just oh God. I believe you already used the word bush league once in this pod for them saying it may look like that. <laughs> right. You want to double? You want to double down on that? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, this is something I never thought I would say. By the way, but here we are. Oh my God. <laughs> Speaking of Bush League, <laughs> uh, the National Wrestling Alliance announced that wow. uh, the ad- nice, trans- nice transition. Uh, right. 
We announced the addition of four-time World Heavyweight Champion Sid Vicious to its regular roster. Vicious released a statement saying, quote, I'm coming in to the NWA to show the world that this will be the greatest comeback in pro wrestling ever, end quote. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it doesn't happen. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, NWA currently has a TV show on Colors TV, which is Dish Network Channel 9407. Wow. <laughs> I look high and low for that one. Right. Uh, it's called the show is totally called wrestling show. It looks so bad. huh? Right. Uh, on April 2nd, it will be moved one hour ahead, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. My gosh. <sighs> Scott Hall has been uh, at a chemical dependency rehabilitation center in Georgia for the past several weeks. PWTorch.com reports that Hall checked himself out of the treatment in part because he wanted to attend the WrestleMania Hall of Fame ceremony in Florida. Uh, after just four days, he decided to check back in, realize, uh, apparently realizing that he was better off there until he is healthy. Yeah, it's kind of sad looking back on this now, but this was just like, unfortunately, this was like a common thing with him. Until he meets DDP. DDP me. Yeah, you, you think about like, that was, it was cool, you know, that he got cleaned up, but the Booker T was talking about it. It's like, man, he, he just, he slipped and fell and broke his hip. And the next thing you know, he's gone. It's freaking nuts. We didn't really get a chance to talk much about him on the podcast since he passed away. But man, that was so unexpected. Yeah, and when I heard he was in the hospital with a hip injury, I was like, oh, no big deal. Old, a lot of old wrestlers are, right? Yeah, and he's oh. like, six, he was what, 62, 63, something like that? Yeah, yeah so I, he wasn't that old. But at the same time, I mean, yeah. Especially when you've been wrestling as long as he had, you know. But yeah, and it wasn't even like, um, you know, because some of the stuff like like with Eddie Guerrero, like I I don't know how much of that was genetic, but it's like after all he had put his his body through, it's like yeah, I mean, he cleaned up for many years, but sometimes that stuff just does so much damage to your body before you get yourself cleaned up that it comes back to haunt you. But with Hall, it wasn't substance related. He had a blood clot. It was sad. Uh, this isn't about the wrestler that passed away, but it's involving a family member of a wrestler that passed away. The 65-year-old mother of Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, who passed away in 1995, Peggy Gilbert, was arrested on domestic assault charges two Fridays before WrestleMania. An officer who spoke with the victim said, quote, she had been assaulted by her grandmother following a verbal dispute, end quote. Police arrested her and put her in the Henderson County Jail in Henderson, Kentucky. How oh, often do you... under... What the hell? Yeah, right? How often do you hear, I was assaulted by my grandmother? <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, man. Brand that new family. one here, folks. Now, that family's all kind of messed up doug gilbert is the one his uh eddie's brother he's the one that like on national tv he said something about jerry lawler uh touching little girls or whatever was that the alleged so, thing in 1993 that the, the girl recanted uh yeah i think so 
But yeah, he said that on national TV and it was like, oh my gosh, dude, like really? Like he wasn't anybody that anybody gave a damn about to begin with. And then he's going to say that. It's like, you really don't want a job, do you? He's got a job talking crap on the internet. <laughs> right. I think there was something uh, that Cornette was talking about that like he was talking about a Gilbert and Doug took exception to it wasn't even anything offensive like for some reason Doug took exception he, he was like f you mother effers like it's not my fault that you were you know nobody gave a crap about you <laughs> right uh, last story I got here it's sort of wrestling related but I just thought it was kind of funny a trio of bank robbers being labeled by the press in Southern California as the WWF shotgun bandits were recently arrested in uh, Yorba Linda, wherever the hell Yorba that is. Linda, yeah. Okay. Uh, they robbed a couple of banks wearing luchador masks. Because so that's apparently... what WWE's known for, luchadors. <laughs> I know. It was like, why are they the... And it wasn't even WWE, it was the WWF shotgun bandits. It's like, so pandas now wear... Uh, luchador masks like I'm confused all over here oh, God but that does it for the news and notes and uh, that brings us to our next break when we come back we're diving into Wrestlemania 24 right after this follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on twitter at main event underscore marks and on instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector this message is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, the host of Here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game and where that leads you in this, this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team otherwise known as the main event marks the one and only greg superfly greg he was on and he was talking about his love of the game so you might want to come over and check that episode out and if you like what you hear you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from phf athletes espn personalities fathers of nhl players and a whole lot more come by follow the show give a like give a subscribe and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Come to the side that the things that I tried were and we are back. Now we're back. It's WWE WrestleMania 24. It took place March 30th, 2008. The tagline was the biggest WrestleMania under the sun. 
The venue was the Florida Citrus Bowl in Orlando, Florida. The attendance, 74,635. And the... Well, actually... Well, actually, there was a janitor that told me it was more like 60,000, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) Uh, But... Anyway, the uh, buy rate, uh, the buys for this one were 1,058,000. This is the only WrestleMania uh, I ever did where there was like a group, group buy in. There was like me and like four other friends that all brought like 10 bucks and uh, chipped in and bought the pay per view together. Before the show aired, Kane won a 24-man interpromotional battle royal to win an ECW championship match against Chavo Guerrero later in the night. We will get to that. Uh, Oh, boy. Yeah, right. (laughs) After this, John Legend officially uh, opens up the show with a rendition of America the Beautiful. And then we go into John Bradshaw Layfield, JBL, taking on Finley. With your boy Hornswoggle in his corner. This is a Belfast brawl that went almost nine minutes. Hornswoggle got involved here and there. These two beat the absolute piss out of each other. In the end, JBL hits Finley with a kendo stick to the knee, a clothesline from hell, and that's all she wrote. Uncle Dave gave it two and a quarter stars. I gave it two and a half. I thought it was a pretty damn good opener. Let's say you. I actually gave it three. I love this. It was, it was damn it good. It was really good. Yeah. And, you know, we're reminded of the whole, uh, you know, was Hornswoggle really Mr. McMahon's son and all that stuff. You know, that whole storyline. It's like Chris Benoit. Yeah, right. But we now go backstage with Kim Kardashian. I forgot was ever freaking there for this. Who is uh, famous, by the way, for having a big ass in a sex tape. So there you go. (laughs) Right. Uh, But she's talking about how the Money in the Bank ladder match works. I'll give her this. She can at least read a script, but there is no way in hell she cares about anything going on here. Uh, Mr. Kennedy then walks up, gets in her face and says he's going to win two years in a row. When he's doing his promo, she's literally laughing. So <laughs> yeah. that was uh, good. That's why I laugh. Stuff. I laugh at her when people talk about how she's famous. So there's that. <laughs> right. Uh, but now we get the Money in the Bank ladder match. It is John Morrison versus Carlito versus Shelton Benjamin versus CM Punk versus Mr. Kennedy versus MVP versus Chris Jericho. I was looking at this whole list and I'm like, OK, Shelton Benjamin's still there. Carlito's been gone forever. Kennedy's, I don't know what the hell he's doing now. MVP's there again. And Morrison's gone now. And you got Punk and Jericho in AEW. Like, wow. Uh, big change within all these years. I believe like, Jeff Hardy is supposed to be in this, but he's dumbass got suspended like a month before or something like that. Oh, Lord. Yeah, they talked about that Matt, they were thinking about putting Matt in it, but... Uh, well, we'll get to, I mean, he's involved, but, uh, this goes about 15 minutes. In my opinion, Shelton Benjamin wins MVP for this match. Nothing uh, new. Th- right. 
There are too many crazy spots to even mention. An MVP thinks he's got the match won, and everyone's down. Matt Hardy returns from injury after five months to hit the twist of fate off the ladder. In the end, Punk and Jericho are on top of the ladder fighting. Punk slips and pulls Jericho's leg through one of the rungs of the ladder to trap him so he can climb the ladder, grab the briefcase, and win. Uncle Dave gave it three and a quarter stars. I gave it three. What say you? Gave it three. Not the best way to make big match ever, but man, it was damn good. Oh, yeah. And I freaking blew when CM Punk won. I thought he was going to win the previous year when Kennedy won it. So I was like, oh, well, gets his win this year. Cool. And, and next year. Oh, that's right. He wins it. Yeah. Uh, who's he cash in against this time around? I forget. Was it Edge? This one right here is Edge, yeah. Okay. Uh, we now get introduced to the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2008. Howard Finkel announces them all from the ring as they come onto the stage. There's Jack and Jerry Briscoe, Gordon Sully's family, Rocky Johnson, High Chief Peter Maivia's wife and daughter, Eddie Graham's son, Mae Young, and Ric Flair's four children. We now go backstage with Todd Grisham, or who is it that called... The did the promo with him where he said his name was Todd Pissum. Was, was uh, John Cena? Cena? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Todd Grisham standing by with Snoop Dogg says that he's having the time of his life tonight. Snoop says that he found someone who sees eye, he sees eye to eye with. It's Festus. Like, yeah, uh, just happened today. I'd be like, yeah, it's Riddle. <laughs> oh God! Well, of course it would be Riddle. No oh, God, screw you. Riddle's one of the best wrestlers in all day of hell for that. I'm not saying in a bad way. I'm saying, like, of course it would be Riddle. Who else? <laughs> it's got to be him. The uh, biggest in, in stars, fact, man. In fact, I was thinking the other night, I was like, he should, like, how did how did they not get a song from Snoop Dogg for him to come out to? Like, it just seems so obvious. He comes out to, like, a remix of some, like, one of the old NWA songs, so... Yeah, I know. And I actually like uh, I usually hate the mashups that they do for tag team, like, you know, throwing together tag teams. I actually like the one that they do for him and Randy. Like, that one sounds pretty sweet. It does flow pretty nice. Yeah, uh, it's a lot better than the one they had for RVD and Booker T. That one sucked. That's probably the worst one ever. Right. Uh, but Santino Morella now comes up and tells Snoop not to try any funny business tonight. Snoop Dogg then pulls out a ring bell and rings it so that Festus chases Santino off. What are you going to do with and that Todd bell? At- what are you going to do with that bell? <laughs> God, this is so stupid. I know. <laughs> when Todd asks Snoop how he got the bell, he says he knows someone and introduces Mick Foley, who has a Mr. Socko dressed like Snoop Dogg. <sighs> and then they say go back and forth. Me- I'm going to say what Foley says. Yeah, how... Have- uh, have a nice dizzle. Yep. <laughs> so effing stupid. Uh, but now we go to this. It's the interpromotional battle. It's Batista representing SmackDown versus Umaga representing Raw. Uh, it's Umaga. Yeah, I was going to say, I like the fact that Jerry Lawler actually points out because they said Umaga and he's like, uh, you know, William Regal calls him Umanga, you know, that or Umaga, whatever his name is. <laughs> <laughs> this one goes about seven minutes. I was shocked at how little time this one had because, I mean, 
Umaga was in one of the biggest matches of the previous year's WrestleMania. Batista's like one of the top guys in the company. Batista also was minutes. in one of the biggest matches of the previous WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> right. And in this one, they're in a throwaway seven-minute match. Cool. Oh, no, it's not throwaway. It's brand supremacy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Teddy Hart or Teddy Hart. God, Teddy oh, Long. One, I believe. <laughs> Maybe either that or raising cats. One of the two. But Teddy Long. Either way, he's in hell. Okay. God. Uh, Teddy Long introduces Batista, and William Regal introduces Umaga. I forgot William Regal was the GM of Raw at this time. I was like, oh yeah. Uh, Umaga mostly destroys Batista for a good five and a half minutes. For some reason, when Batista makes his comeback, the crowd boos him. Uh, Batista ends up blocking the Samoan spike, dodges Umaga charging in the corner, hits a spinebuster, and then falls while delivering the Batista bomb. But he still pins him and wins. Uncle Dave gave Batista him a Batista's up at WrestleMania. That's uh, nothing new. <laughs> Uncle Dave gave this a star and a quarter. I gave it two. Let's say you. I gave it one. This sucked. Yeah, I was like, really? Like, this is this is it? Both these guys are good. I, I don't get it. We now go to Floyd Mayweather's trailer where he's hanging out and talking with his crew. JR and King then send the video to a, the tail of the tape between Mayweather and Big Show for later in the night. GM General Manager Armando Estrada is in the ring now and introduces the next match. I completely forgot he was a GM of ECW. So I'm being reminded of a lot of stuff here. He's ECW GM, by the way, not GM general manager. (laughs) Wait, what? You called him GM general manager. Oh, God. That's generally what that means. (laughs) I I can't word today. You even English, bro? (laughs) I guess not. Probably been hanging out with Riddle. I don't know. That was uh, but, like Ohio. <laughs> uh, shh. Anyway, <laughs> up next is uh, Chavo Guerrero defending the ECW championship against Kane in 11 seconds. Not minutes. Yeah. Seconds. Well, I wouldn't want to see this for 11 minutes anyways. <laughs> I was just like, really? Like Chavo gets completely dunked on. <laughs> that just kind of showed that they yeah man not... what a way to bury that awesome title too dude yeah but it's just it just goes to show they didn't give a damn about this brand <laughs> they were looking to it's literally it. on its way out i believe here before long mm. no christian's got to return first but kane ends up showing up behind chavo when chavo turns around he gets choke slammed and pinned uncle dave didn't rate this I gave it a dud because it wasn't really a match. I'll say you didn't read it either. Yeah, it's uh, something. Hey, at least Kane got a win at WrestleMania. That's rare. <laughs> but next up, we get Raven Simone in the uh, she's introduced in the ring and she talks about the Make-A-Wish Foundation and all the stuff WWE does with it. It's somebody that actually cares, by the way, I just want to point that out. A celebrity, I mean. Yeah, right. he's there for a check, but I believe she actually works with them. So there you go. Oh, yeah, right. We now get the uh, leave the memories alone video for Ric Flair up next. Look, I'm in enough to admit I choked up again. But 
the match had an amazing build to it. I, I forgot about some of this, but like the whole old yeller stuff was awesome. Like just top to bottom. I loved it all. But after the video, we unfortunately go back to Mike Adamley backstage with Ric Flair. What the hell do you mean? Unfortunately? Yeah. Uh, I forgot to take notes on what was said. It was, how do you feel tonight? Uh, I feel woo. And that was it. <laughs> That's about right. Got, what the hell are you going to take notes on? Yeah. <laughs> I, I usually take notes on what was said, but obviously it didn't make that big of a, an impression on me if I didn't take any notes. So, Oh, it's Mike Adamley. So <laughs> God, just yeah. listening to your notes would have been botched. So don't worry. Yeah. Uh, Rich Fleer. Uh, how are you doing tonight? Anyway, uh, okay. let's wrap this up. I got to go uh, host gladiators with Larry Zonka. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> hey, I heard uh, Matt uh, Matt Morgan's trying out for it about this time. So there you go. But uh, up next, we get Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair in the career threatening match. It went 20 and a half minutes. Uh, the For anybody that doesn't know, the reason it was career threatening was Vince McMahon had told Ric Flair uh a couple of months before this, I think, said, next time you lose a match, you're fired or you have to retire or whatever the hell. And so Ric Flair went on a winning streak. And then finally, he said he wanted to challenge Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. And it led to this. But after Rick slapped Shawn early on in the match, Shawn slaps him back so hard that Rick bites his lip and he bleeds. It's not a Ric Flair match if some if he doesn't bleed, man. So hell no. Sean moonsaults outside and hits the announce table with his ribs connecting to the hard edge of the table. That I forgot this was the match that that happened in. That was sick. Uh, Sean couldn't bring himself to hit speech in music at the 12 minute mark and Flair locks in the figure four instead. But HBK escapes. Sean hit sweet chin music after the 15 minute mark, but Flair kicks out of a pin attempt. After Flair repeatedly chops Sean around the 19 minute mark, Sean hits a second sweet chin music. Michaels crawls to the corner and looks conflicted as uh, Flair struggles to stand, telling Sean to bring it on. Michaels says, I'm sorry, I love you, before super kicking Flair's head off and then pinning him while hugging him for the three count. Uncle Dave gave this three and a half stars. I gave it four. Say so you. I gave it four. It's it wasn't a perfect five star or anything like that, but oh my gosh, just would have been in the Tokyo a, Dome. But. Oh well, of course, it, well, it would have been like seven stars in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> All the stars, but just like the match itself was great, even without all the stuff to it. But you factor in like just the emotion and the storyline and everything. It was so freaking great, just all of it. Like, this is one of them kind of matches where it's like, man, just shoot it into my veins. It was like <laughs> freaking great. Uh, but Shawn Michaels slides out of the ring. And he looks so upset at what he had to do uh, while he walks to the back. And I didn't get this at the time. Like, I, I wasn't paying attention at the time. You know, I was like I said, I was hanging out with a group of friends, wasn't paying that close attention. But uh, looking back on it, it's like, you know, it, it was cool. He's like, all right, I won. You know, I'm going to go to the back and give Flair all the time he wants without me standing around. So uh, Ric Flair cries as he stands to his feet in the ring, soaking in the applause from the crowd. 
these kids in the front row are all crying their eyes out as well. Rick goes over to hug and kiss them all before walking to the back, getting a standing ovation as he should have. But after this, we go backstage with Todd Grisham standing by with Edge. Edge says that he was at WrestleMania 6 in Toronto, Canada, and he was the biggest Hulkamaniac in all of Canada. And Hulk Hogan lost. Now tonight, he'll beat The Undertaker and crush some little kid's spirits like his were crushed back in 1991. <laughs> this was a great promo, man. I freaking love this. I'm like, wow, that was, that was good stuff. But I like how we go from that match that we just talked about to this. Well, you got to cool down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool down, throw a bucket of water on, whatever. <laughs> You're right. That's uh, like how you had a raging bonfire and you just like just doused it. But Stoop Dog rides a uh, tricked out golf cart to the ring for the next match. When the girls are dancing around the ring, King says, I always thought this was what heaven would be like, Jr." And Jr. says, well, you'll probably never know, so don't get used to this. <laughs> I was so effed up. I'm, I'm like, damn. <sighs> he was good at that kind of stuff, though. Like, Jr. would always slide in those snide comments. It's like, whoa, dude. But uh, this next one, it's Maria and Ashley Massaro taking on Melina and Beth Phoenix with Santino Morella in their corner. It is a Playboy Bunny Mania Lumber Chill match. God, they went five minutes. You got it all in there. Yeah, got to squeeze it in. Uh, I totally forgot Maria used to come out, too, with legs like that. Like, oh, yeah. I forgot most of her first run in WWE, to be honest with you. Snoop Dogg sits in a throne at ringside, which I thought was kind of funny. The lights ended up going out halfway through this one. <laughs> and the talk ring spotlight. Talk about a sign from God, huh? <laughs> right. Uh, and the ring spotlights had to light things up. Uh, I have a feeling that they were just telling him, go home. <laughs> Maria, Maria hits a... Uh, I hate to make this comparison, but... Uh, Maria hits a Rick Steiner-like bulldog off the middle rope, but Santino pulls her off the cover. Uh, Jerry Lawler leaves commentary and punches uh, Santino to knock him down. Beth Phoenix ends up hitting a fisherman buster on Maria for the win. Uncle Dave gave it a quarter of a star. I gave it a whole star. Let's say you. Gave it a whole star as well. Wanted to give it zero, but... <laughs> Yeah, I think I overrated it, but, you know, whatever. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> After the match, Santino stands over Maria and taunts her. Snoop Dogg then gets in and clotheslines him. He ends up rolling, uh, Santino, that is, ends up rolling out of the ring, and referees take him away. Snoop then kisses Maria in the ring before they leave with Ashley. I believe, like, I was thinking at this time, I'm like, they were playing up, you know, his, um, reality show that he had at this time i'm like he's married <laughs> and he's like making out with some chick in the ring like all right i mean you do you man for the next match a marching band plays john cena's theme to bring him to the ring i honestly didn't like it probably his Wait, worst you, wrestlemania entrance yeah i i remember because i watched this one he had a couple marching bands playing with the ring didn't he there was another one. Of, there was another one I'm forgetting. I think there was another one. I can't remember now. I'd have to go back. Uh, 
But yeah, it. I always hated that. I don't know why they. Because I, I think they did it uh, before he switched to my time is now, and I could be wrong. Either way, uh, I could only barely tell what they were playing, by the way. If, if not for the fact that John Cena was coming out, I would have never guessed that was the song they were playing. <laughs> but this is Randy Orton defending the WWE title in a triple threat match against John Cena and Triple H. It went about 14 minutes. Right off the bat, Orton blasts Triple H in the head with his WWE title. In the end, Triple H hits John Cena with a pedigree. Orton punts Triple H in the head and pins John Cena to win. Uncle Dave gave this three and a half stars. I gave it an even three. Let's say you. Three. It was really good. It was. Uh, kind of forget the grand scheme of everything. Yeah, definitely. That, that is very true as well. Uh, it was just, it was a really good match. Uh, I don't know if it would, like we talked about, you know, kind of glad it didn't close the show. It was just like, mm, I mean, it was, it was really good, but I mean, you're not going to get a crap match between, you know, out of these three. So it's kind of expected. And the rumor was WWE didn't want to put this on last because of Orton retaining the title. They thought it'd be kind of a flat ending, which uh, I can agree with that. I don't know. But uh, for the next match, the crowd boos the absolute hell out of Floyd Mayweather and his crew to the point where you could barely hear the music and the announcements while he's coming to the ring. Money rains from the sky while he enters as well. I don't know if you noticed this, but Nexus original Michael Tarver is actually right behind him during his entrance. No, it wasn't a boxer, I think. No, I didn't. Yeah. Because I'm looking, I'm like, wait a minute, is that? I'm like, holy crap, that's Michael Tarver. Like, nobody knows who you're, who I'm talking about. Uh, just look him up on Google. He was part of the Nexus for like, what, two weeks, maybe? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not very long. But so this one is the biggest versus the best. It's the Big Show versus Floyd Money Mayweather in a no-disqualification match that went just over 11 and a half minutes. Floyd did what he does best throughout most of this one, run. However, on this occasion... Usually hugs, too, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, on this occasion, I don't really blame him. At one point, Floyd takes a break to drink from a chalice. Big Show beats up the guy handing the chalice to Floyd. At one point, after Big Show beats on Floyd for a while... Mayweather's crew says he's out and they leave or they go to leave. Anyway, Big Show chases him down, beats up Mayweather's bodyguards and then drags Floyd back to the ring. <laughs> he actually hardways one of his uh, bodyguards, too, because at the end of the match, you see him bleeding. I'm like, damn, uh, there's no way that dude cut himself. But either way, uh, Big Show beats up more bodyguards in the ring as Floyd gets a steel chair and beats the Big Show with it. Floyd then grabs brass knuckles that were being worn on a chain by one of his bodyguards, and he hits Big Show with a right haymaker, knocking him colder than a banker's heart. The ref counts to 10, and the Big Show doesn't get up, making Mayweather the winner. Uncle Dave and I both gave this three stars. What say you? I was on the fence between two and three. I gave it three. I was really entertained. It was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, like I was saying, like this, this was uh, the best celebrity 
uh, match I'd seen since uh, LT. I can't really think of any between then and this. So <laughs> this was really uh, well, good. Well, green matches in WCW were damn good. Oh, I'm talking like WrestleMania specifically. But, but yeah, um, yeah, those were, you're right. Those, those were really good if you're including everything. Yeah, this one, I didn't really know what to expect going into it. I wasn't a Mayweather fan, so whatever. But then when the event came around, I was like, man, that was a lot better than I had even thought it was going to be. So I had to bump it up for, you know, subverting expectations. But Kim Kardashian is introduced now in the ring and announces. Yes, we've now said her name twice on this podcast, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, Well, they got to get more Kim K on the on WrestleMania, man. Anyway, uh, she announces the record attendance of 74,635. She gives everyone a round of applause and says, that's big. That's really big. I'm going to leave that obvious joke alone. (laughs) Just let it hang. (laughs) But we're going to take our second to last break here. When we come back, it is the main event time. All right, after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop in where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're team team ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Now we're on to the main event. The Undertaker has some flamethrower cannons on either side of the stage. 
He's also wearing, he's basically wearing his WrestleMania 14 entrance gear minus the high collar. Uh, Edge has Vicky Guerrero wheeled onto the stage in her wheelchair by Teddy Long. He also gets a Cody Rhodes level of pyro. I don't know about you. I was a tad underwhelmed by the entrances of the main event of WrestleMania for this. Like, oh, like, yeah, there was a lot of, I mean, they were fine. It just, I, I don't know. Maybe I got spoiled. Like the last few years, they've really like went way out with, uh, you know, trying to make the entrances different and special. Uh, but now on to the main event, it is Edge defending the world's heavyweight title against the Undertaker in about 24 minutes. Near the end, the ref gets bumped and referencing their Survivor Series match, Edge hits the Undertaker with a camera. He attempts a tombstone. The Undertaker reverses it and hits a tombstone of his own. Referee Charles Robinson hauls ass to the ring for a near fall. There is one in history. (laughs) I know. I was like, damn, dude, he was booking it. Uh, But then Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder run down. Undertaker knocks Hawkins off the apron and chokeslams Ryder onto him. This leads to an edge spear, but Undertaker kicks out. After a second spear, Undertaker locks in Hell's Gate, and Edge taps out. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this four and a quarter stars. I gave it three and a half. What say you? I gave it four. This was one of my yeah. all-time favorite matches at this moment, at this point. I remember me and me and all my buddies were like losing it because we thought that Edge might actually do it. And we were like, no. So all of us were big Undertaker marks, obviously. So it, we, were, we were like, oh, man, but this was a damn good match. And if you can make me believe like that, uh, I, I, I got to give you. I got to give the match more props for that. I, I like not knowing going into it who's going to win, you know, and I really thought the edge could have done it. But Edge has blood coming from his mouth as the Undertaker celebrates with the World Heavyweight title. Undertaker does his pose, the lights drop, and pyro and fireworks go off everywhere to end the show. So and the fan gets hit by one, by our... the way, and becomes a big thing. True story. What? You said the sign gets hit by one? No, a fan gets hit by one of Undertaker's pyros. Oh, yeah, I remember. I think I remember hearing about that. That was, yeah, that's pretty scary. Uh, poor dude, or who, you know, whatever. We're going to take our final break of the podcast. When we come back, it's final ratings time, and we're going to tell you what's to come next week on the podcast. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the BellyUpSports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When it comes to service, Rush Truck Centers is committed to making you their top priority. Whether you're looking for same-day preventive maintenance, assistance from their dedicated service concierge team, or 24-7 access to your truck repair status, Rush Truck Centers offer customizable maintenance plans that fit your needs. What are you and your truck waiting for? Schedule an appointment with Rush Truck Center Service Department or ask them to dispatch a mobile service unit when and where you need it. Visit RushTruckCenters.com to find your nearest location. You can expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Come to decide that the things that I tried were and we're back. We're back. Final rating this time. Internet Movie Database gave this 7.8 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 8.75 out of 10. I gave it 8.5 out of 10 for a B, B plus maybe. What say you? I give it a B plus. It's a really, really good show. Opinion, I think. Yeah, yeah, I know. It gets buried, um, you know, and like we, like I said, it's the one match that sticks out is Sean versus Flair, but the whole card, well, not the whole card, most of the card, is pretty damn good, and the you know extra props for having a really good celebrity match. So all in all, I, I give it more points for that as well, but that wraps up our WrestleMania reviews for the year, man. Uh, I liked them all. They were uh, they were fun to do. I always like this month when we get to look back at WrestleManias of the past. But next week, we're officially diving into April. And on April 6th, it is WCW Spring Stampede 1997. And I know you watched this one back already. Uh, did you... Uh, was, was this uh, a standout one or... I love this one. Yep. It's got a really random yeah, how main event, but I loved it. Most of 1997 was really good in both companies. So I'm um, you and I both said it's one of our favorite years in pro wrestling. So looking forward to going back and watching this one. And uh, we'll definitely talk more about that next week. Uh, between this show and next show, you're going to be in Dallas for WrestleMania. So I hope you oh, enjoy yes. yourself. Have fun. Waiting, waiting and, a long time to go back. Yeah, and everybody keep up with us on social media for more on that and YouTube and all that. We'll talk about it and have updates. Specifically, if you guys can go check out uh, the new Top 10 Greatest WrestleMania Main Events video I just posted. It's going to be in two parts. The first one dropped yesterday on our YouTube. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Main Event Marks podcast. Check that out. Part one is up there. It is numbers 10 through 6. Part two is going to post, hopefully by tomorrow, Friday at the absolute latest, and that's going to be numbers 5 through 1. I had a lot of fun making these videos, and uh, I hope you have a lot of fun watching them. But yeah, go check that out on our YouTube, and subscribe, like the videos, and uh, comment with 
your opinions on there, as well as check out all the other exclusive content we got on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. And thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. We'll see you all next week at WCW Spring Stampede 1997. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.